Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Joshua Allen Young, a creative entrepreneur and co-founder of Reflective Brands and Design Reality, a virtual and augmented reality conference held in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. And without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. What is something about yourself that you appreciate? Hmm. I hope you have lots of space on this thing. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna trim it back for the response. <laughs> Obviously, um, I'll, I'll get into a flow with this. Uh, I just uh, it's like comfort levels of being recorded. It's uh, not a new experience entirely, but it is kind of a new experience. <coughs> so I'm just gonna talk to make myself get comfortable with this with this new experience. Please do. I've never been on a podcast before. Really? Really? Dude, you've been in this like like space adjacent. For a long time, I've been, I've been I've been podcast adjacent for a while now. Yeah, I would say <laughs> I would say AR and VR is adjacent. Well, you know, I, I host an event series. I've hosted a conference. I've I've given talks uh, mm-hmm. at conferences, uh, which were obviously recorded. Um, but uh, podcasting is a little different. I've never done a podcast, so so thanks for being my first podcast, Aaron. Wow, I did not know. I did not know. I would have assumed that you've been on plenty of podcasts, like being. Uh, a public speaker and an educator and innovator more first and foremost that this format would be something that you're completely used to but i guess i'm bringing something to you're bringing you. something new to the table and i, I appreciate that because uh, I, I enjoy uh new experiences so uh i believe you asked me what is something that i appreciate about myself and and on that thread of uh new experiences um I'd say one thing that I've, I've noticed about myself in life is that I'm, I'm not afraid of, of new experiences and um, am often willing to, uh, uh, many times in my life I've been willing to get really uncomfortable and just kind of plunge into something new. Um, and typically that was because I was coming from a place of, of really not being happy with where I was at, you know, maybe where I was at in my life or what my work situation was or social situation was. And so... Yeah, somewhere along my path, I just uh, learned this ability to um, be uncomfortable and to just throw myself into new experiences, and that's uh, it's led me to some really, really beautiful places. Uh, it's definitely, you know, had its challenges. Obviously, anytime you take on something really new, uh, it can be pretty vulnerable uh, and, and risky in a way, right? Because you're putting yourself out there, but. At the same time, it's been it's been really fruitful for me. So that would be, I think, one thing I appreciate m- about myself. Mm-hmm. Do you have a m- distinct memory of the first time that putting yourself in an uncomfortable position yielded uh, a positive outcome for you, or something that inspired you to do it more? <coughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if this was necessarily the first time I, I put myself in a new situation, but it is, uh, at least in my early teenage life, one of the one of the most memorable times. Um, 
So what you might not know about me is as a, as a kid, I was very, I was very shy. I was uh, super socially awkward, <clears throat> uh, not very expressive, uh, kind of kind of the opposite of how a lot of people perceive me to nowadays. Most people think of me as a kind of an extroverted person. Uh, but the reality is I have really introverted roots. <clears throat> and when I was 15, I think I was a sophomore in high school, I got selected for this student program. What was it called? Student, something like student, student across the world, or I, I don't remember the name at all. Sorry, it, it, it fades me. But basically I got this opportunity uh, to go on a three-week trip with I think 30, maybe 40 other students um, from different schools to, to Europe uh, to go through Italy, southern France, and uh, Spain. And uh, at the time, I was kind of a huge um, uh, Rome, Rome dork. Uh, I loved Roman history, and I think the movie Gladiator had just came out a couple years earlier. And so I was, I was so excited. So I spent a couple months uh, doing fundraising and stuff to get the money. And um, you know, long story short, I, I got to go on this trip. And uh, I remember the day that my dad dropped me off at the airport. Um, he, he walked me, uh, I think at the time he was still able to walk me through the gate and we got to the, the gate with the plane and, and he, he dropped me off and I had this realization as I sat there that nobody knew me. I didn't know these other kids at all. I didn't know the guides. Um, they didn't know, you know, this wasn't really a conscious thinking I think at the time, but they didn't know, they didn't know who I was in any way, shape or form. And that meant that honestly I could be whoever I wanted. And so I, that summer, <clears throat> I went from being the most introverted kid to the most quiet, soft-spoken, uh, you know, kind of, kind of dorky. I was picked on all, all the, all the cliches, you know, from high school to being the popular kid on the trip. I, I became very extroverted. I all of a sudden was making everybody laugh. And, uh, I had three weeks of just like an incredible time, um, traveling through Europe. And obviously I was, you know, I was, I was very blessed to, to have that opportunity, um, but yeah, it was, it was a funny memory for me of this realization that in this moment I could be whoever I wanted and nobody will know, you know, mm -hmm. nobody, I didn't have the, uh, the attachment of, of friends who had known me for years and had put me into a box of mm -hmm. being this certain thing. And, and I just saw that, uh, through this new experience, I could, I could become a, a new person. And, uh, for my teenage self, that was incredibly liberating. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah, at the at the end of the trip, I was so, you know, I had had so much fun, and <coughs> uh, I I said to myself, "I this is the new me. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go back to school, <laughs> and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an extrovert. <laughs> I'm gonna be popular." Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, it did not. Come yeah, away. that's a, that's what it's just like. You oh fall, yeah, you kept you, you kept it rolling, right? Like yeah. you. No, no, no. New when person, you, new me. You fall into the old environments and the old friends, and and because really, when it comes down to it, is personality is. So obviously it's based on who you are as a person, um, but I think we underestimate um, how much it really is of another, uh, other people's views of us um, really make our personality in a big way. Yeah. Um, especially definitely. if you're not strong-willed. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that leads to the point of like, like you said, you're always looking for ways to make yourself uncomfortable because... Well, not, not always. Well, not, not always, always <laughs> but it, uh, at least the door is, the door is open 
Yeah. Because you're aware of when you're a little bit closed off, you become limited or yes, or yes. you want to just have your perspective open to, to new realities to live. Yes, okay, and, absolutely. And when one of them, you express one of them, it's like you can't be attached to that one uh, modality of opening. It's like now they're, now you're, you're pushing the bar forward where you might have to do something a little bit more. I don't want to say drastic because that's not, it's not like a sensationalist, like, Oh, we're trying to jump out of airplane now, but placing yourself in situations that require your growth, they aren't always going to be the exact same condition or scenario that produces that change in your experience. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, it makes me think of uh, the expression of a, like a swinging uh, on a pendulum, you know, back and forth. Uh, often that, that expression, at least in my experience, is kind of seen as like a bad thing. Oh, you're just swinging back and forth on a pendulum. But in regards to what you just said about embracing change or, or opening in new ways or getting on, doing something extreme or, or not extreme, what was the word you used? Any, anyways. Short-term uh, memory loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, you might be in one place in your life and do something that you perceive as, as a, a dramatic uh, or drastic change uh, to really stir things up. But then you live that life for a while and now doing something that maybe is from your old life, um, which, you know, once was kind of a normal thing. Um, now from your new drastic shift, that going back seems drastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not always negative. You know, I, I've... I've done that a few times in my life where I've, I've changed my lifestyle kind of dramatically and then realized that there was actually virtues to my previous lifestyle that I, I didn't see or I didn't appreciate. And so, you know, swung the pendulum back to, um, to integrate those, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and to, um, yeah, find, find the newness in, in old things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a lot of newness, uh, when you, when you take time to, to, bring back some of the old baggage because you have different tools in which to uh, apply to the to the topics that you have to discuss or that you have to work with yourself like like last night for me like some like old stuff that I I guess I didn't have the ability to kind of like hone in on what the thing I needed to work on was but like yeah some psychic like uh, old programming came up for me that I didn't really understand or process the way that I used to. And like, I realized how deeply ingrained like my issues are with my father. Like some of that stuff came up for me last night and I was like, Oh wow. That's a, that's a big thing that I need to really take on head on. But I didn't have the awareness to, to understand what it was like this, this giant avoidance or, or seeking, uh, validation from a strong male figure and, and projecting that onto other people is, is something that I had, that I caught with my awareness. Like I was like, wait, what is that that you just did right there? And I'm just like, Oh shit. I just like uncovered, like, uh, like I said, like a psychic, program that I had been running that I wasn't really aware of and it kind of just surprised me because it's it's something that I felt like I had kind of moved on and swept under the rug as I've ascended and op- and consciously made the decision to 
open myself up and change and it's been like pretty delightful facing your your shit and you're just like i'm changing i'm growing but then like i feel like now it's kind of like the honeymoon stage of the of doing the work and the meditations is kind of like over now it's like all right now it's time to really like dig into the things so like we we're saying like the past uh, has a way of reinforming uh the message that you thought like it was saying it's it's different you know i've, I've heard a funny expression before which is in a few if you think that you're enlightened uh, from your practice, um, go home and spend a week with your family, mm-hmm. and, and just see see how see how that goes. Um, and I think what that gets at is, you know, these these things like you're talking about of, um, you know, whatever it may be, uh, uh, parental issues or uh, what baggage you may have. <coughs> those things don't really go away at all. There really is no getting rid of them and and there's no necessarily need to to uh to get rid of them um i think really what it comes down is to our relationship with those memories and to those experiences um at least for me that's that's what i've really um come to the conclusion of is like you know regardless of where i'm at in my life the things that i've been through have been what got me to this point in my life uh for better for worse and really at least within myself it, it just comes down to my own my own relationship with 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 those aspects of myself and yeah that's not always easy you know there there will be shit that will come up where um you know i'll be living out a pattern that i that i uh thought um i had i had nipped in the butt and then all of a sudden i realized like oh shit that little trickster is um can i swear in this podcast yeah okay. yeah yeah just just making sure <laughs> trickster sorry sorry, sorry for all those <laughs> all those uh, virgin ears out there. Um, <coughs> yeah, yeah, just this thing that I thought uh, I had nipped in the bud is, is still there. And, um, you know, changing how I react to it and changing how I react to when it comes up. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not, always, uh, not always easy, but it, it definitely becomes easier in some ways. Um, you know, an example is um, I recently had it pointed out to me in, in a way that was quite... Uh, shocking to my system, kind of quite abrasive, um, that I was not uh, honoring my word. And for for many years, I've always felt that I'm somebody that uh, honors my agreements. You know, when I say that I'm going to do something, um, I I do it. And what got pointed out to me is, (coughs) while that is the case in the majority of, of, of my life, there are areas when, uh, with those that I'm closest with, that something about the comfort of our relationship um, makes me feel that I can be lax on on what I'm on my words in some ways, and it was it was really unconscious. Like I I basically agreed uh, to not do something, and then I did something. Um, and to me, the thing was so innocent that I I didn't see it as breaking my word um, until it was really, like I said, kind of shockingly pointed out to me in a way that. Um, that hurt. It made me really sad to realize that I had broken someone's trust uh, in such a, especially someone that was so special to me. I had broken their trust in such a, a careless way. And so, you know, I don't necessarily know where I was going with that, except to maybe just point out that, you know, these things happen and um, that's something I have to sit with. And now, now, you know, that was about six months ago, this experience happened to me. Um, I, I've just been sitting with my words more closely mm. and seeing where, 
you know, there might be a part of me that will agree to something when really part of me knows that I'm not actually going to do that thing. Or, you know, just finding the ways that uh, there's this casual desire to uh, um, not be truthful to my word, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's nice to to meet those instances of awareness like with kind of just observation like in non-judgment like when you do notice those things it's so easy to just jump like part of the old pattern is like making yourself feel bad like triggering triggering yourself to feel bad inside of your body because you noticed it rather than just being grateful that you noticed it and that you can you have an opportunity now to shift into making some actionable changes to something. If it's something that you feel like you have a decision now rather than not being aware, therefore not having a decision. Well, I don't know about you, but one of the um, unfortunate patterns that I ended up with from childhood is a tendency to want to, um, just not a lot of self-respect growing up, Uh, an inner voice that's very hard on myself and likes to punish myself. I have that too. (laughs) You know, when we talk about this conversation of you catch a thing that you thought you had fixed or maybe a thing that you were working so hard on, on, on alleviating and then it manifests, um, and then your reaction is to be hard on yourself, at least for me it feels like, well, maybe I did the thing in order to punish myself. So really the pattern <laughs> is the habit of being mean to myself and yeah. hard on myself and um, to not respect myself. And so I'll do, I'll unconsciously do behaviors because I know that uh, future me will punish me for doing that behavior. Yep. Um, so it's not really the, you know, the main pattern of action that is the problem. It's the uh, underlying pattern of wanting to punish myself for actions. Um, that sounds kind of convoluted as I say it, but, but not at all, dude, <laughs> I follow, I follow you a hundred percent on that. Like those, those unconscious tendencies and actions that are like setting the, the groundwork, like your unconscious self knows where it's going, but like you're distracted consciously by something else. And, and these, like, I don't even know, like modes of being are so intelligent that they, they want to trigger chemicals in your body to feel this way because it's addicted to it and it's like i haven't had my fix of shame and guilt mm-hmm. and punishment mm-hmm. so i'm going to create the, the circumstance in which to create this for you yeah, and it's like sure. i don't want to feel that way like at least like the thinking aware like mind it's like of course i don't want to feel pain but the body is in the psyche is so addicted to it that it knows it knows which buttons to press in order to create this cocktail. And it just so happens to be like lived out in your experience. And a lot of the times hits you by surprise. But then when you really like dig deep into it, it's like, Oh no, you created that. And it's, I think it's just a lot of habit, the, the habits that we form. And, and then once we, start getting a little bit of awareness of what we're doing and why we're doing it, then we're able to address it with, with some compassion and and understanding that it's not your fault. (laughs) It's not our fault. It's just, yeah, it's just how it shook out. And now we have an opportunity to, to change some of those, those unconscious tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. And often it's, um, it's just done through conversation with ourselves you know, we're kind of uh, 
at least I was I was conditioned to see myself as one thing. Uh, but really, what I've had to learn is I'm I'm you know with, uh, <laughs> at the risk of sounding schizophrenic or something, you know, I'm many things. You know, I have many different aspects of my personality, and they have they have different desires. You know, there's a part of me that really wants to work out and lose weight, and then there's a part of me that loves Uber Eats and wants to just veg <laughs> and watch Netflix. Uh, and those two wage a war sometimes. And uh, uh, really, I have to I have to get this third part of me that can mediate between the two and say, all right, you know. Let's let's come to let's come to some reasonable. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we we can Netflix and Uber Eats on this night, and we can you know eat healthy and, and work out on this night. And um, yeah, it is like this negotiation process between the different parts of myself. Of um, yeah, just learning about these different personality elements, and and not not uh, not looking at one like it's bad and other like it's the good. You know, it, it, uh, often in my life created a good guy versus bad guy scenario within myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, the Uber Eats part is the bad guy. Um, no, this podcast is not sponsored by Uber Eats, uh, even though I'll if they want to, <laughs> your boy. I'm here. Uh, you know, so I had to I had to realize that Uber Eats guy is not a bad guy. He he just wants he just wants to be able to relax and, and have having a, a good meal. You know. And uh, a workout guy doesn't have to be an oppressive uh, leader who yells at at the other. Ver- you know, again, I, I feel like I might be getting convoluted, but um, you know, along this conversation of of how to uh, cultivate uh, presence and awareness um, within yourself, for me, it doesn't have to be this fancy spiritual um, or or. Uh, fancy spiritual process or, or kind of a heady uh, psychological process. Like it can just be um, kind of a soft like awareness of, of these different parts of, of myself and, and just how to have a, how to have a conversation and, and to find, um, find ways to, to work with them. Mm-hmm. I definitely like resonate with that. And I guess something that I've come to as far as like the spiritual path and stuff and like not making it overly complicated or serious like understanding that the the willingness to start again even if you've been away from it is kind of like the thing that kind of uh i don't know that i that i am engaging with that keeps me inspired or just the willingness to start again no matter how long i've like go without sitting or there's always like a point where it's like it's the door is always open and it's it has to be my choice to walk through the door every time and just making that choice of being like I'm going to walk through this door into my practice again and again and again and again and if there's a few days or a week or whatever that goes by where I'm not as mindful and I'm not doing like my routine then it's it's okay it's like the next time it's it's forgiven. I don't, not that I, it has to, it didn't even have to be forgiven. It's just like, it's okay. And, and so just the willingness to, to say yes again. And as far as like the habits and like the Uber eats version versus like the, the triathlon person, I found a strategy for me that, that I like is, or that I've been able to articulate for myself is that like, I like, a clean house, but sometimes it gets dirty. The time that I do spend like cleaning and organizing and sweeping is along the lines of, it's an entry point for my spiritual practice, 
because when I'm doing the dishes and I have an incense burning and I'm sweeping and I'm making sure to get every little corner is extremely meditative, but then I can carry that into my night routine where I drink tea and sit on the ground, read a little bit of a book, listen to a podcast. But that's kind of that's an entry point that I've found that is rooted in physical material reality and chores and and being like a homemaker. It's well, it's, like, it's the old, old, uh, uh, I believe, Buddhist uh, saying, you know, um, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Mm-hmm. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Mm-hmm. You know, there's in the West, we often um, fetishize uh, these concepts of enlightenment and, and spiritual growth and practice. Um, and I've seen a lot of people and, and myself along the path. Um, want to kind of escape the mundane escape the physical reality thinking that it's not spiritual or it's beneath me or some convoluted nonsense when the reality is yeah absolutely cleaning your house can be a a meditative practice Uh, sweeping the floors um, and and washing dishes these can all be things that that you can cultivate your Mm -hmm. awareness during and and also you know have a nicer cleaner house yeah totally (laughs) in in another point to that is uh with that, like taking, like taking the trash out, doing sweeping the floors, making your bed, doing your laundry, and all that kind of stuff, is kind of like, like, like the runway to take off into that next like seriousness of whether you're gonna commit to diet or working out and stuff. Like having that lead into like a nightly meditation, and sure. then you take off, and then. Like depending, it doesn't matter how long you stay in flight with that, with that new way of life or that that new uh, health thing that you're doing. You now have like the runway that you can always go back to. It's like, all right, I'm prepping for something. I do it all the time. Like where it's like, all right, I'm cleaning the house. Everything's gonna be like like perfect. I'm gonna go into my practice and I'm gonna do like no meat for this next week or whatever. And then it's like, I'll go good for like two days and then the plane comes down and then like I'm eating chicken wings from Wingstop, lemon pepper, all flats, well done, just well, as, in case. As, as, a me- as a meat eater, I, um, I endorse that message. But Thank you. But uh, it's like, that's like, that's the process though. It's like, yeah. all right, I have this runway that's built off of cleaning, meditating, sure. getting things together at night. And then however long I stay in air, like with this new journey is of no consequence. It's like, I know how to get back up into the air. And whenever that time comes, I'll be in that space for a long time and it'll be a more ingrained part of the practice. Well, the neuro neuroscience around habit forming is, is actually pretty well developed and, and um, clear that, you know, if you try to start a habit, like something big, like I'm going to go run a mile every day, you know, and you push yourself, you know, in that first week you run a mile every day, um, you know, you'll do really good for that first week, but then that first day that you just, oh, you're exhausted, you just don't do it, you'll fall off, and mm-hmm. then you'll probably not run a mile again for a month, but if you start with small habits, and you ingrain really just easy small habits, um, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk every morning, just around, just around, even just a block around my house, 
Uh, and then after a week, you know, oh, I feel like I could walk a little further. Let's go for three, four blocks. And, you know, after a couple weeks more, it's like, well, now I kind of feel like jogging. And, and you kind of, you build this foundation that, that builds the neural pathways in your brain and, and the action becomes uh, easier and easier to do and easier to uh, make more complex. You know, so, you know, yeah, if you're trying to force yourself to meditate every day for an hour, like that's, that's a, that's an ambitious goal to sit, you know, still for an hour is, is not an easy thing. In many traditions, that's something that, that really wouldn't, you know, um, be achieved until all this other practice had been done, all these other foundational things had been learned, you know. So, yeah, starting like, oh, I'm going to burn an incense and wash my dishes every night before I go to bed. So when I wake up in the morning, my kitchen's going to be clean, and I'm going to use that as like a, a moment to clean my mind. Like, that's a fantastic start to a to a practice because you're building that you're building that habit. And okay, every night I now I have the kitchen cleaned and the house smells nice. Well, you know what? I want to sit down and and do a five minute meditation or you know, and then it grows into a 10 minute meditation or maybe mm -hmm. it's not even meditation. Maybe you, maybe you don't care about meditation, but you're just wanting to work out a little more or stretch or, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever it is. Like I've been practicing piano, um, which the first instrument I've learned in my, my whole life, I just started this past year, um, 32 years old. And, um, for the longest time I, I, I didn't start because I thought I was too old and it was going to take too long. Mm -hmm. And until finally I realized, well, Hey, if it, even if it takes me three, four five years to get, you know, decently good at piano well that means i'm still gonna be i'm gonna 35 37 playing the piano and that's gonna be fucking awesome mm -hmm. um and that for me that process has been yeah i practice every day for you know uh sometimes it's five minutes it's five ten fifteen minutes uh, and then i have my good days where i sit down for a full hour and i, I do a full lesson you know um but but really for me just ingraining that daily process of even for five minutes just sit down and yeah and do it yeah, I think it's very important to create the conditions for us to be able to approach the things that we want to do instead of conceptualizing it and creating this giant image of insurmountable things. It's like, no, what's the simplest thing? And I know every, like everyone's heard the message, but it's like you can you can kind of augment your your experience and make it easy for yourself to to do the mile if you start with the walk in the morning or or anything like that. So I have a question. Great. Where do you find happiness and contentment? I find happiness and contentment uh, more and more in, in really small little moments with myself. Um, you know, it's currently, uh, what is it, like April 11th, uh, 2020. Uh, we're in the heart of, of quarantine. April 15th, excuse me. See, quarantine time. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even time. know what freaking day it is. Um, so I've been spending a, a, a lot of time alone. And I'm, I'm, I'm like I said earlier, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. Uh, um, I already spend a lot of time alone, but quarantine has me spending even more alone time. And it can be a little stir crazy. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm losing it from time to time. Um, but I'm finding these moments when I'm just with myself and I'm making myself laugh or um, I'm cooking breakfast and all of a sudden I feel the desire. I'm kind of dancing because I'm excited to eat a delicious breakfast. And um, so lately I've been I've been working on finding these these happy moments, these content moments just with myself. And, you know, they're not um, uh, extravagant moments by any means. It's just little things, just make myself laugh, just kind of finding myself entertained, enjoying my own company. Um, I think that's uh, uh, pretty crucial. Yeah, I 
that's beautiful. I have a lot of those moments myself as well. And through those moments, I sorry to just basically steal the same <laughs> the same thing from you, but mm-hmm. like it's not, not but, mine. But like the detachment of like the critical voice isn't there anymore. So it's like you get to like really experience your own beauty mm-hmm. and and some of the things like you just keep noticing like little things about your personality and like the way that you I don't know, just move and, and exist and, and it's just like, oh wow, like you're like you're a beautiful person and to like look in the mirror and like really like feel that and connect with yourself is like a beautiful place to get where there's just no like I'm not going to I'm not gonna sabotage my happiness for absolutely no reason and then uh I guess like the the I guess the relentless like pursuit of creation, like creating, creating based off of like the information that I do know and what I want to do and, and, and just seeing that I keep on coming back to like the same mission, whether I'm able to articulate it very clearly certain days or way better than other days when the vision is clear, but like the energy and the feeling that I'm chasing is very consistent and it's something that for like the longest time it's like oh fuck like i'm still at this thing of of trying to experience myself and and have others around me experience their highest potential whatever that looks like but going through each of our own processes with prioritizing truth and expansion and openness and helping each other get to that point. And there are so many different tools that I use and that we use to, to keep getting to that, to that source or that essence, whether it's a creative practice or a spiritual practice, it's about aligning ourselves with, with our truth or the truth of nature or whatever you find for, for yourself. Or defi- we, have the, we have the choice to define it for ourselves and, and, and that commitment of defining it for myself is the something that I'm always like, oh wow, you're still, you're still doing that thing. Cool, like let's, let's uh, add some more uh, tools or more insights and, and share. Sharing has been like the, the thing that I feel is pushing it forward because now it's you're put on the spot now now speak your truth and and make sure you don't mince words because you may not get another shot to do so mm-hmm. so yeah doing it to doing all of this uh with people has been a really big opener H- hence the podcast yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's a it's a great great way to consolidate and and get things understandable to yourself i don't know Uh, what are the words so going back to kind of where this conversation started i'd like to know what are some of the ways that you are putting yourself in uncomfortable situations these days like you you went to europe as a as a teenager and of course, I've probably had many of ways to to open yourself up to the world, but what's something right now that might be producing a little bit of tension or apprehension to to walk through that door? 
Yeah. So, you know, that story about me traveling as a, as a teenager, uh, kind of started a pattern of that, of, of, I've traveled quite a bit in my life, um, and, and in very untraditional ways. Like I, I lived out of my backpack for three and a half years. Um, I've, I've, uh, done some uncomfortable things in order to discover new worlds. Um, but in context to, you know, um, my creativity, uh, and to where I am at in life now as, as a 32 year old, uh, what's been uncomfortable has been, uh, discovering a way to really master, um, the mundane world, um, in a sense of developing a career, um, and financial success for myself, um, with the realization that I want a family someday and I want to be able to provide for a family someday. And so as someone that's taken a very non-traditional route, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty thick headed. I'm quite stubborn. Um, and that's a part of myself. I just realized, uh, and instead of trying to change or alter or shift, uh, I just rolled with it. Um, so I started working for myself. Uh, well, I guess in, in many ways I've, I've worked for myself since I was like 20, 21. Um, but, uh, about four years ago, I started a company I, with really no, uh, <laughs> no experience. Uh, I started with web design and, and branding, uh, I luckily found a highly talented and highly creative business partner, uh, Nisha. Um, and we just, I just dove into the world of entrepreneurship. That was my new, new thing to be uncomfortable with, um, was to how to, how to figure out business and how to, how to self-create income. And, um, you know, that's part of what, what drove me to dive into the world of, of virtual reality was just my passion for technology and my passion for creativity, uh, creating new worlds um, and has led me down a path of, yeah, you know, I produce an event series called Design Reality and um, my business is Reflective Brands and we're a, a creative agency that specializes in immersive technology. And, um, you know, to be honest, it's <clears throat> it's been four years. It's still very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being an entrepreneur is not easy. Uh, running your own business is not a simple thing. Um, you know, I think in many ways I started it because I was passionate and creative and wanted to, to make things. Um, but there's all these aspects of running a business that have nothing to do with your creativity and nothing to do with your passion. Uh, taxes and accounting and payroll and uh, all of this stuff is, uh, it's been a challenge. But in many ways, in a weird way, in, we- in many weird ways, um, that's a different type of creativity. And it's a different, uh, different type of creative expression, and um, so that's what I, I've been doing. I've been learning, learning how to how to be a, a good businessman, how to how to generate leads and spark conversations with people that I've never met before, and to to uh, find a a point of connection with them and their business, and to uh, explore the ideas of new technology and how new technology can be used to accomplish uh, their goals. And um, yeah, in, in, in many ways, uh, uh, that's that's how I do it. That's that's my creative expression lately, is, mm-hmm. is to, to push myself um, to create something out of nothing. And um, it's exciting. It's a tremendous amount of fun, and it has a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. And you know, my business partner and I um, have been working incredibly hard, and, and we're in many ways we're really close uh, to uh, achieving some some incredibly exciting things. Um, 
but like I said, as as an entrepreneur, it's you know I don't have a I don't have a steady paycheck. Uh, I don't have uh, all the best benefits yet. I think you know um, if I was to stop my business and to uh, get an agency job, which I am more than qualified now, I think I could make a <laughs> I could make a pretty solid income. Sure. Uh, but that would be giving up a big part of my, in, in my mind at least, and this isn't true for everybody. Um, you know, I think you can work a job and be really fulfilled and happy and, and creatively expressive. But at least for me, where I'm still at, it feels like it'd be a pretty big sacrifice of, of the quality of life that I want to live and the way that I desire to express. And so, um, yeah, it's it's funny, you know, like I said, I've, I've taken an alternative route. I, I, and we didn't get into it much, but I, you know, I spent most of my twenties kind of on a spiritual path of self exploration and expression. And, you know, I've lived out of a backpack. I've, I've traveled the world with, uh, you know, less than a hundred dollars in my pocket. And, you know, I've, I've thrown myself, uh, against the waves of life and, and found out that I was actually pretty good at, at, uh, at surfing them, uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and surviving and thriving, um, but yeah, towards the end of my twenties, I realized that I wanted to, I wanted to do that exact same thing that I had already been doing, but I wanted to do it at a, at a different scale. I wanted to do it at the scale of, of, of a career and, and a business and a community and family. And, um, so that's, I'm, I'm still in those waves. Um, um, still learning how to get up on the board again, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exciting. It's exciting. It's challenging. It's, it's all the things. Um, and so much of the the spiritual path and practice, um, it, it applies really well because uh, because like I was saying earlier in the conversation, you know, uh, before enlightenment, uh, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Uh, really, if your spiritual practice does not support your mundane life, I question the effectiveness of your practice because we're all physical beings and we're all required to be in the world and. Um, I feel like the two go hand in hand very intimately now. Um, so that's that's really where I'm at. That's my focus is um, creating a, a mundane life that I'm really proud of and excited about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, what you expressed beautifully was having a just a general sense of openness within your entrepreneurial ventures and just orientation in life is openness because the the change is always going to happen and it's inevitable but when we close ourselves off to to certain things it feels like the the challenges become completely like polarized and insurmountable but the entrepreneurial path inherently gives you challenge after challenge after challenge and puts you in in the washing machine of choices and decisions and and so it's it's consciously walking into it knowing damn well that you're going to be facing a lot of uh tough things i used to i used to joke that someday i'm gonna uh, give a talk or a presentation on uh, entrepreneurship as a spiritual path because uh, if it does, there is, it, isn't already <laughs> it, it is uh, uh it will force you to self-reflect real quick because you'll learn um whether or not your ideas um and your your work has merit mm. um because um yeah the, the you, you 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 either sink or swim on your own on your own labor on your own creativity on your own on 
own production. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a challenging path, but it's incredibly rewarding. And yeah, to just talk about what you, you know, touch upon what you said, uh, you know, in regards to what, to me, it sounds like you're talking about like tunnel vision when you're, when you're maybe acting from a place of woundedness or trauma, you, you, you kind of, you see the world through a specific lens yeah. and, it, and it narrows, like yeah, it narrows your, your, your view and experience of the world. It's, it's like people who, um, who get bullied on at a young age, uh, for a long time often come out of it, uh, a little paranoid in social situations where they feel like everybody is, you know, every question they get, every comment they get is, is, uh, um, it has a negative uh, energy to it. You know, they'll mm. literally interpret the world like people are trying to pick on them when somebody actually might just be trying to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you address the world with a certain degree of defensiveness. Um, and, and I speak to that one specifically because uh, I was bullied a lot as a kid. And, and for a long time, that's kind of the mindset I came at the world was everybody was a bully. Uh, which is not the case. You know, the majority of people are, are not bullies. Um, obviously, bullies still exist. You know, even 32 years old, and I still run into them sometimes. Um, but I'm more better equipped to handle those situations now. And what I had to learn is is um, to start interpreting everybody's actions as intrinsically good um, and first. You know, the first interpretation, uh, the first viewing of somebody's comments or question, I always try to, even if it sounds snide or or, or mean or, or criti- critical, I will always try to look at the person as they're trying to say something productive or, or kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be surprised, even when you're in a situation with somebody who is being actually mean, interpret their words as kindness and respond to it as such, and it totally flips the script on them. Uh, I've had people be very, very confrontational with me, and, and I'll respond in a very non-confrontational way, uh, and they... <coughs> they change, they switch, you know, their attitude will change and switch. And so, yeah, I mean, to kind of summarize a lot of what we've talked about of just like, you know, we have our core programming. Uh, I think of the, uh, what was that Disney movie uh, where there was like a core Disney animated Pixar movie. There was like a core memory. Aaron's looking at me like he has no Uh, clue. The worst movie recall. Anyway, somebody listening knows the movie I'm talking about, about the little girl with the memories and the core memories. We have these core memories that really shape our, our relationship with the world and they're not, they're not going to go away. Um, Our relationship to them can, uh, can change. And, that's biggest advice uh, uh, if you guys want advice. <laughs> We're big, not here for that. Biggest biggest uh, recommendation I can give to people is to just work on the way you react to your own your own core foundation and yeah, just go from there. Yeah, it's always going to be changing and just being aware of that 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 change. I can have this conversation forever for every single day, but we're going to end this because we've been going for about an hour now. But uh, Joshua, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, you know, I've gotten really good at not being on social media. Oh, um, then don't. But uh, you can find me. Our, our website is reflective.design. Uh, that is a website, dot .design, reflective.design. Uh, and I'm on Instagram, Joshua Allen Young, uh, at Joshua Allen Young. Dope. And if you have like a scroll and a crow and he's taking letters by air travel, 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I think they use uh, uh, pigeons, carrier pigeons, not Got crows. It. But crows are. This is a totally not a conversation. Fascinatingly smart. They are. I haven't met one yet, but I've seen I've seen it on YouTube. Anyways, <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much for joining. Opening presents.